Hallelujah. Now I want to just shift our thinking just a little bit. The Apostle Peter, in his first letter, he provides a five-point thesis on suffering. Suffering in the life of the believer. It's written to the churches in Asia Minor who were going through suffering at the time. And it's, it's it's a thesis on the reality of suffering and how to face it. I just want to give you the five points in summary. Okay? Point number one. This is what Peter's writing to the churches. The scriptures record that throughout the history of God's people, okay, they have always been pilgrims and strangers in this world. The people of God have always faced opposition. They have always been misunderstood, alienated, falsely accused. They have always faced hardship and suffering. Just read through the Scriptures. Point number two, believers in Christ, whether Jews or Gentiles, have all now in Christ become the chosen people of God. And because we are God's chosen people, we will suffer along with Okay the people of God. Point number three. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, believers have been born again into a living hope, into an eternal inheritance which God has prepared for us. That living hope is Christ. Christ living in us. Christ, our life. And we are assured because we are in Christ, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. No one can take us from his hand. Not suffering, not persecution. Point number four. These are are points that Peter made in his letter. Point number four. Those who possess this confident hope and expectation in Christ... For them, suffering has a unique effect on their faith. Purifying it like fire refines gold. Through suffering, their faith is proved to be genuine. Through the willingness to endure suffering, their faith is proven to be genuine. In the process of enduring suffering, their faith becomes precious, invaluable, indispensable. Through the process of enduring persecution, their hope becomes brighter and more sure. And point number five. For those in Christ who know Christ as their love, life, suffering is to be seen in the light of their calling and their destiny. Okay? It's through suffering as Christ suffered that we experience a greater measure of Christ's strength and virtue in us that can be realized otherwise. Okay? You, know, you who have gone through, okay, okay, all you're doing okay, is okay, you're, you're doing what's good. You're doing what's good. Okay? 
but you suffer for it. You're not causing trouble. Okay, you're trying to live for the benefit and serve others, but the backlash comes in and you experience trouble, misunderstanding, hardship, false accusation. Okay, you get hammered. Okay. You take a stand for what is right. Okay. And you get falsely accused, okay? You get persecuted, you get face opposition, okay? You're just living for the cause of Christ, okay? And it becomes known that you're associated with Christ. And you get the tongue lashing, you get the slander, you get the accusation, you get the hostility, okay? But it's in those times of pain and suffering and opposition and vulnerability that you press in and you lay hold of Christ. Okay? It's in those times that you, you, you experience your own weakness and your own frailing. And you say, God, I need you. Jesus, Jesus. I need you. And the Holy Spirit begins to open your eyes and give you a revelation of Christ living in you. You begin to draw from his peace. You begin to draw from his strength. You begin to allow his love to comfort you. You begin to allow his words to speak into your soul. And somehow Christ becomes more real to you. It would not have happened had you not gone through suffering. Suffering brings out the glory of who he is within you. Okay? It's in the dark hour of suffering that the glory of Christ shines more brightly through our lives because people are expecting you to respond like everyone else in the world does, but you don't because you have learned in that place of pain and suffering and vulnerability to lay hold of him. So what comes out of you instead of anger and hostility is gentleness and goodness and kindness. They expect you to become depressed and angry and bitter, but what comes out of you is joy and peace and long-suffering, and they're looking at you and saying, what's wrong with you? Okay. But if it wasn't for suffering, they wouldn't see the distinction. They wouldn't see the glory. Okay. So for the citizens of the kingdom who are living under oppressive government, ooh, now we're going to bring it down to where it hits the road. Okay. For slaves living in the service of their masters. For masters in the treatment of their slaves. For wives in support of their unbelieving and even harsh husbands. It's in those settings where you're facing hardship, injustice, mistreatment. It's in those settings that the glory of Christ can be seen. Okay. It's when the beauty of his gentleness and his kindness okay, shines out of your life in the face of harshness okay, that a revelation of Christ is seen that can actually transform the person opposing you. And so we who, okay, for the cause of Christ face suffering, are called to overcome the enemy by laying hold of the Spirit of Christ and 
operating in the opposite spirit to that which is in this world. And it's through operating in the opposite spirit to fear and anger and hostility that believers shine with light that overcomes the darkness. So arise and shine. Okay. Okay. Arise and shine in the midst of the darkness. Okay. This is what we are called to. Okay. 